is happening. Oh my world, the world just seems like it's gone nuts. Um, last Sunday, um, a sister church in the Assembly of God in East Texas, the pastor went off his rocker. Uh, that's all I can say. Um, I got to love him to get into heaven, but he and his board went off their rockers. And he got up and said, we're no longer going to follow our, what we believe as Pentecostals in our church, and we are going to embrace what God does not embrace. What? Yeah, he says, we took a lot of time to study this and to read many books, and that's where my problem is. They were reading many books instead of reading this book, because this book says very clearly, you, do that. you shall not do that. Because what God calls sin is sin. And I'm not going to get into the very particulars of what he was. I'm going to be, do this. I'm not going to get into the particulars of what they were going to accept in that church. But boy, oh boy, um, I'm praying today for their overseer. Because the overseer of eastern Texas. And the pastor's going on and on. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to embrace the truth and we're not going to embrace what our own church believes. We're going to go out and step outside of the bounds of what the scripture teaches. And by the way, the overseer's going to be here next Sunday. Which made it easy for the overseer because he sent out a statement right away saying they're outside of the bounds and this is what our church believes and, and I'm going to, have, going to be sitting down with that pastor and that board to do a little talking about straightening things out there at that church or there's going to be some changes are happening. In fact, he was so swift to do that that um, our general overseer of our church gave the phone, a phone call to their state overseer, what they would call a state overseer for East Texas to encourage him and thank him and say, I'm going to be praying for you this coming Sunday. And, and they, that, that church has nothing to do with our denomination. But our overseer felt that, you know, these, some things are not easy to deal with. And because he did it so publicly and they did it over the airwaves that um, our over our Brother Hill decided that, you know what, Dr. Hill said, I want to encourage him and say, you're not alone in this thing. And the whole, that whole, their whole denomination has been praying all week long, and so is ours, to see that the pastor and that board gets, repent and, and, and come back to what thus saith the Lord is. So what is happening? Why are these churches deciding? We're going to tell God, okay, God... Um, you wrote this book a long time ago, and, and our culture has changed. God, I'm sorry, God, um, some of this stuff just doesn't fit in our culture anymore. So, Lord, we're going to, God, I, we know you're God, and you're the king, and, and, and you're over the church and everything, but, Lord, we're, we know better now than you. <laughs> we know better than you, Lord. So we're going we're gonna to make some changes, and we're going to ignore what you have to say. What in the world is happening? How can people have that attitude to tell God what's what instead of him telling us what's what? Can I, can I just say something? Can I just say something? You know, God created some wonderful things. Created all the birds. Created all the trees, all the animals. The ocean, if you've never been to the ocean, you've missed something. I love the ocean and the mountains, and I live in the middle of the country where there's no oceans and no mountains. <laughs> they, they tell me that we got a mountain in, in North Dakota. They ain't no mountain. That's a molehill. <laughs> and, and, and I love those things, but this is where God has planted me. I, I'm sure you like warmer weather, too. <laughs> so, but this is where God has planted us. This is where God put us. And because of that, I love it here. I love it here. But for me to tell God, you know, I know better than you is a, is a mistake. Because I'm not as smart as he is. I didn't create the universe. I couldn't, I couldn't create a star out of nothing. I could not create a human being out of nothing. You know, a, a really smart 
scientist one day wanted to challenge God. And so he says, we're so smart now, we can make human beings just like God does. And so he says, God, I want to challenge you to a contest. And so God says, come on up here. What is this contest you want to do? I can create a human being just as well as you do. And God says, okay, that sounds like a fair fight. He says, uh, so the scientist says, well, I'm going to need a few things. No, God looked at him and said, I'm sorry. He says, what do you mean? You've got to create human beings just like I did out of nothingness. Because God first had to create everything that we're made out of before he made us. You know, we're the only creature that God actually knelt down. Jesus knelt down on the ground and formed us out of the dust of the earth. He actually had fun modeling us, kind of like when you used to be a kid and played with Play-Doh. That's what, that's what Jesus was doing. And he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and got everything done. And he just, he stood back and looked. He says, hmm, he looks pretty good. Oh, I forgot something. This will make him look complete. And he bent down and he took his finger right to, in the middle, of, down to in his belly there. And he pushed in and he created the first belly button. He says, now that's complete. That looks good. They needed a belly button. Of course, you know what our belly button's for. But God made some wonderful things. And for us to tell him that we know better than he does is ridiculous. Let me tell you something. One of the most wonderful things every man and woman here that's married or has ever been married knows, because that's just the only way you should know, little children, is that God created human sexuality. Did he not? Let's be honest about it. And you know what? For married folks, they think that's pretty cool what God created there. Because you know, The reason why I know that the, all the married folks here think that's pretty cool because most of the married folks here had kids. Right? So don't you think God knows exactly how it should work? But, you know, we know better. And because we're human beings and because of sin, what do we do? We allow sin to get in the way and we think we know better than God and we're going to do things our way instead of God's way and that just doesn't work so what is happening what's happening here and I see this is why I don't want to get into some of those naming things see the problem is we name things instead of looking at the symptom we will get on somebody because of sin instead of looking at the symptom come on well they must have the sin of gluttony look at them no why don't we look at the symptom that has caused them to give in to the sin of gluttony and help them with it. Hello? The reason why these things are happening is very simple. It's up there on the board. We are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. And the Bible describes what we are seeing in these last days. And you know what? I am not here to judge anybody. I am here to set the record straight and give you information so you can be set free and walk, live as an overcomer and have joy in your life. You see, God can forgive. There's only one sin that's not forgivable. And most of the stuff that's happening right now in the world is all forgivable. Come on. We need to understand the days we live in. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. And the, and the Word of God says, and the Word of God says, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless a, the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this message today. I thank you, Lord, that you encourage our hearts today and help us to live for you, to be challenged, Lord, that we are going to take a stand and live for you, that we're not going to allow the culture to give us our identity. We're not going to allow the culture to tell us how to live. But Lord, we are going to allow the Word of God to give us our identity and the Word of God to tell us how to live because Lord, to live your way brings joy and peace and a sound mind. And Lord, it brings victory into our lives. And besides that, doing things your way 
we'll hear those wonderful words when we die. Well done, my faithful and good servant. Welcome home to your rest. Lord, we thank you that Jesus died for us so that we can be saved. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Let me tell you something. Heaven is our destination. Why don't we live like it? We live here for such a short time. Let us be obedient to the word of God. Let us live according to what he has to say. Our lives will be happier for it. He says, let no one deceive you. In other words, don't listen to that which is scripturally incorrect. We got two churches in town right now that are trying to decide are they going to be scripturally correct or scripturally incorrect. I'm praying for them right now because they have to make a choice. And I'm praying for them. One of the pastors I know much better than the other pastor. And I know he's having a hard time with some of this. And I know his, some of his thoughts, but I want to talk to him and say, hey, I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to stand with you. It's not easy what's going on in the world today. The reason why things are happening is because we are, people are being deceived. And Paul says, let no one deceive you. If it's spirit, I, I, I want to preach this some other time, but in Galatians it says, Who has bewitched you? If anybody comes to you with another gospel than what you have received, let him be accursed. He says, It doesn't matter if it was an angel that came and told you this, it doesn't matter if it's Joe Blow who has told you this, it doesn't matter if. I come to you and preach a different gospel. Let them be, let us be, let those who do that be accursed. You know what that means? The apostle was saying it very nicely. Trump would just say, go to hell. But that's what that means. Be accursed. The apostle Paul always found a nice way of saying things. He says, those who have slept, who sleep, he was saying those who passed away who are dead. That was his nice way of saying it because he didn't want to he didn't want to get us focused on the negative. He wanted us to focus on the positive that if we serve the Lord Jesus Christ and we don't listen to false doctrine and we don't fall, listen to things that are false scripturally, um, we're going to have a better life and we'll walk closer to Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself. And then he says, for that day will not come unless. What is he talking about there? Well, this is really simple. Let me tell you what the day of the Lord is. This is referring to the rapture. The rapture is not going to happen unless something happens first. And if, okay, some of you who are listening at home might be saying, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the second resurrection? The resurrection of the saints? And I'm sure you're going to say, yes, because Jesus was the first fruit of our resurrection. That's what the Bible teaches. And, and the second resurrection is taught in the Scripture. I know the word rapture is not in the Scripture, but it, rapture describes the feeling of what it's going to feel like. I'm going to be so happy, and I'm going to be so joyful, and, I, and, and everything is going to be so awesome. I'm going to be feeling raptured. Why? Because let me tell you something. If you've got false teeth, you won't have false teeth anymore because you'll have real teeth. Come on. If you've got an arm that won't work, you're going to have an arm that works. You won't need glasses no more. And maybe for those who are concerned about being bald, you'll have a full head of hair again. Paul didn't care. <laughs> Paul didn't care. He, he, had, he was follically challenged. In fact, he had to make a vow once to go up into the temple so he had to shave all his hair off. So he was a cue ball for that. And, and it's just like, uh, Paul, why bother? But he did it anyway. That's what it's talking about. That for that day will not come. This is referring to the rapture. That's what the second resurrection is. It's the rapture. It says... A trumpet will sound and the dead 
will rise up out of their graves and meet us. And this trumpet will sound again and we will all of us who believe in Jesus Christ will be swooping through the air. Doesn't that sound like you won't need an airplane. You won't need a helicopter. You won't need a hot air balloon. Because Jesus describes the rapture. See, most people don't understand. Everybody says, how does the rapture happen? He's just a miraculous thing of God. God says, come up here. Then we go, whoosh. Read Matthew 24. He sends his angels out. And an angel's going to swoop behind you and just put his hands under your arms and whoosh you up. You just won't see the angel because you're not going to be caring about the angels whooshing you up. You're going to be looking for Jesus. And boy, oh boy, as you go swooshing through the air, your body will be transformed into a body that's not corruptible, that can't sin anymore. Hallelujah. That can't get sick. We'll never have to worry about the coronavirus. We'll never get another cold. We'll never see cancer. We'll never see anything, uh, anything bad because we'll have we'll be just like Jesus. Isn't that what? If you're, you know, you you might have lost a loved one just recently, and if they were saved, they were born again. They're no longer suffering. They're happy. They're glad. They've been wrapped. They're in the presence of the Lord because to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. And they are so happy. I wouldn't want to bring them back to this world. Not this time. My dad said to me a year before he died, he says, I don't feel sorry. I don't feel bad for myself. I know, you know, this time is... And, and, and I really more concerned for my grandchildren because of what this world is like now. It's not the world that I grew up in. And that is so true. He was going to go to heaven. He was going to a far better place. His days were coming to an end. But one day we will be there with our loved ones in the presence of the Lord too. But what's going to happen before the rapture happens? Paul is very clear. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless two things happen. First, a great falling away of believers to the message of the cross. In other words, they're going to walk away from the gospel and not believe the whole word of God. We're seeing that now. We're seeing that now. we got whole denominations that have already done that. In fact, one of the denominations in town, the pastor and I are really good friends, and it really bothered me a few years ago. He says, the church is going to be just turned into a social service organization. Why? Because they didn't have any power in their church anymore, so the only thing they thought they could do now is just feed the poor and clothe the needy. Well, I'm telling you something. We have the power of God in this Word of God that's preached to people. Jesus says we're supposed to take care of the widow. We're supposed to take care of the orphan. But he said the, the number one command, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And of course, a couple last week, or was it the week before, I, we were looking at that and we discovered, hey, let's stop worrying about what we're going to say. Just give God's testimony. What does God have to say? You see, if we stick with what God has to say, hallelujah, we're going to be better off and we'll do well. And we won't be deceived and we won't be walking away from the faith. You know, our young people in America, or North America, I should say, North America, the whole North America, are leaving the church left and right. They're so caught up in their video games. You know, there's a reason why they want to make marijuana legal all over the country. Because they want stupid people to vote. What do you mean? Marijuana is not safe like they tell you. Now, it might help cancer patients. That's one thing, but that's a short-term thing. But long-term use of marijuana will actually change the chemicals in your brain. And all of a sudden, you will have psychosis events in your life. And you know, they're finding these problems out in Denver and in Washington State, but they're not talking about it. But they're saying this because they want to legalize it. Why? Because the politicians look at marijuana and they just see dollar signs. They don't see the lives that it's going to destroy. 
Oh, but alcohol. Alcohol kills brain cells. It doesn't change brain cells. And you know anybody who's suffering from, who's an alcoholic feels dumb that they ever got caught up in alcoholism. They sure like the taste. <laughs> but they hate the fact that it's ruled their life. That's why so many turn to AA. Thank God for our AA groups. But let me tell you something. Jesus wants to set you free from alcoholism if you just trust him. That's why one of the, one of the things that AA teaches, you need to turn to God. The only problem I have with AA, they don't define it well enough, what God, who God is. But at least they recognize that you're not going to overcome this thing without the help of God. There's going to be great falling away. And we're seeing that with denominations. We're seeing that with young people. And you know what? The kids are still worth going after. And you know one of the reasons why we're seeing a falling away, I believe, is that people aren't going there with the truth. We've entertained them so long in church that we haven't made sure that they understand what does the Word of God say. The second thing that's going to happen is the Antichrist will be revealed. That's what it says here. Unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. That's talking about the Antichrist. That doesn't mean he's going to be taking over yet. That doesn't mean there's a one world government yet. But the church, those who are born again, saved, bought with the blood of Christ. I'm not talking about buildings or denominations. I'm talking about we who believe in Jesus Christ, who live according to this this book right here are going to realize, hey, that's the Antichrist. He, because you know what? Real Christians read this book and they're going to realize, man, he walks like an Antichrist. He talks like an Antichrist. He must be an Antichrist. Isn't that how we determine what a duck is? Right? It walks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. You know? swims like a duck it must be a duck because if it honked at us we wouldn't say that's a goose <laughs> but we who are believers in Christ we are not going to be deceived Paul talks about that the rapture is going to happen like a thief in the night but it's not so for us who are saved because we are not the children of dark of the darkness we are the children of the light we will we not be caught unawares <coughs> disciples went to Jesus and said to him can you tell us what it's going to be like in the last days and Jesus never said it's none of your business he only said the day of the hour you're not going to know and not even the son of man meaning Jesus knew the day of the hour only the father does because the Father wanted to make sure everybody who could get saved would get saved. Because He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to get saved. So nobody can say to the Lord, oh my word, we have some folks who left our church and they're going to a church that believes that God has a lottery system. They do. They believe that God predestines those who are going to be saved and those who are going to go to hell. So he's just already determined. Everybody who's ever been going to be born or everybody who's been born, he's already predetermined who's going to hell and who's going to heaven. And it doesn't matter if you accept Jesus or not, how you live or not, if you've won the lottery, you're getting to go. Um, that's that's hyper-Calvinism. And we have a family that left our church and is going to a church like that. And I just scratched my head. If even an angel or even I come and preach another gospel to you, there's something about God's grace. God's grace says, I want everybody to get saved. <laughs> I'm, not setting, I'm not setting up conditions that you're going to I'm going to set up the conditions so you can win. I'm going to set it up so you can the race. I'm going to set it up so you can get saved. All you have to do is confess Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Isn't that what Paul says in Romans? All you have to do is confess that Jesus rose from the grave. And then he goes down after he says that. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. 
Let me tell you something. John Kelvin didn't even believe in Kelvinism. He believes more what we believe than what the Kelvinists would say. They just put his name on it. And he's not around to defend himself. So I'm not going to attack the man. But th that's kind of crazy to say. Hmm. What I really believe is we are, there's some that's on TV right now saying, oh, we're in the tribulation already. Now, to help you out, there, they, I can see their argument. There's the tribulation and the great tribulation. Did you know that? The great tribulation doesn't, is the last three and a half years where all the bad stuff happens. The asteroid hitting the earth, the volcanoes going off, the waters being poisoned, all those things, and you read Revelation. If you, listen, you want to just be blessed, read Revelation. You don't have to understand a word of it. What? It's the truth. You don't have to understand a word of Revelation. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, if you just read this book, you're going to get blessed. Well, there's an eye, that's a good reason enough to read the book of Revelation. It doesn't matter. You don't need to understand it all. You just Once you read it, you're going to be blessed because Jesus says so. Why? Because you see Jesus coming. And the, and the church being married to the groom. That's a wonderful thing. You don't have to understand it all. But let me tell you something. God doesn't write in a way the Bible that we who are saved can't understand. He knows we're simple folk. We have theologians who just make it more complicated than it needs to be. God knows the rest of us are just simple folk. And if we just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal and, and show us, He will. Anybody can understand the book of Revelation if you just ask the Holy Spirit for help. In my first church for Sunday school, the Sunday school lessons that, you, that um, fall was supposed to be on the book of Revelation. So we said, okay, let's do this thing. Instead of using the regular book and following that along, we're just going to read through the book of Revelation together. And we're not going to any other book, but just read the book of Revelation and see what we can glean. I'll tell you what, we gleaned a lot and we got so happy. We saw so many good things. We didn't need to interpret the trumpets or the bowls. We just accepted this is how God's going to do it. This is how God's going to do it. We didn't look for all these other super spiritual things. We didn't try to figure out where the rapture happens in the book of Revelation. It doesn't matter if you're pre-trib or mid-trib. I just want to go in the rapture. When that bus is ready to leave, I want to be on it. Does that make sense? When the rapture happens, I want to go. I'm not worried about when it's going to happen. I just want to go when it does. And I believe we are seeing the birth pains. If you go to Matthew 20, we don't have time for that, but if you go to Matthew 24, Jesus describes a bunch of things that are going to happen before, before that's going to happen during the birth pains. Because he says these are just the birth, these are the birth pains. This is before he gets starts talking about the tribulation. These are wars and rumors of wars don't we see that happening earthquakes in diverse places we're seeing more earthquakes in diverse places famine and hunger and death by by the animals i'm not talking most people think death by the animals you mean bears and lions and tigers and, and leopards are going to come out and attack us no what that's talking about is microorganisms like the coronavirus that's a that's an animal the little tiny little little tiny little germ that's what he's talking about and he says well these you see these things are these are the birth pains my word a woman does not go into complete travail meaning the complete tribulation until first she has birth pains any husband here who had to go into the birthing room with their wife some of you didn't have that pleasure hmm <laughs> I've done that five times now. And, and, and to watch that happen and the birth pains that the, that the woman goes through before, okay, you can push now. Pushing is all... The only reason the woman is grateful is that she knows that if she gets done with this pushing, she can go home. And she can go home with her baby. But I have heard women say... Okay, let's just stop. I want to leave now. Forget it. And I've actually had to say no. Just a little bit. One more push and it's over with. Come on, let's get it done. Didn't come this far to 
go home with a cranky woman because the baby's still there wanting to come out. Let's get it done. I'm just being real. My word. I know you women are going, if you had to go through... Yeah, 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 yeah. However, Al, Alburn told me one day, I don't know, I don't think anybody should have to try to deliver a gallstone. <laughs> My word, those things are nasty. I believe we're seeing the birth pains that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24. So what has caused all this? And this is what I'm going to try to go through quickly now because of the time. What has caused all this? This is what we're going to attempt to find out. First of all, ignoring the Word of God. This is one of the reasons this is all happening is because people have been ignoring the Word of God. Amos 8.11 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water but of hearing the word of the Lord. So in the last days, there's going to, what causing this great falling away and all this ridiculous stuff and the, the people not realizing the Bible says that's a sin is because people aren't reading their Bibles. People, every American household probably has a Bible, but not every American is reading it. The best-selling book that has ever been outsells every book even today but how many people actually crack it open and read it it should be worn it should be it should be easy to turn the pages did you ever get a new bible and sometimes try to turn the page oh my word come on already no wonder some people lick their fingers to turn pages i just refuse to do that <laughs> If you're a lick-the-finger th person, that's okay. But I've seen, I used, to, I used to be a newscaster when I was in Wisconsin. Yep, I used to be a newscaster. And uh, by the time I got done casting the news, my hands would be full of ink. And I could just think, just going, <laughs> that ink is getting in me. What do you, what do you mean? But was, I used to deliver the newspaper for a living, you know, newscaster, get it. Okay, some of you get the pun. That's all right. <laughs> we are seeing this today. People are biblically illiterate. People do not think the Bible. And here's the because they're illiterate when it comes to the Scripture, people do not think the Bible is inerrant or has authority, let alone inspired by God. These denominations that have walked away from um, believing everything in this book is to, well, in our determination, uh, some things are inspired and some things aren't inspired. And we are so smart, we know which is which. You know how they do it at the University of Chicago where these great intellects, a lot of them are? You know how they do it? They sit around. Okay, let's read this passage out of Amos, Hal. And now we're going to vote. If you think it is inspired, put the white marble in the box. If you think it's not inspired, put a black marble in the box. And then they open up the box and they count their marbles. Now, you know what? What I really think has happened, they've lost their marbles. Paul says this whole Word of God is inspired by God. And it's good for us. And he goes on to list of how it's good for us. But we are not going to go there right now. Otherwise, I'll get on to another sermon. And I'm trying to get this one done. The Bible teaches there is only one way to heaven. And that is the message of the cross. Jesus Christ and Him crucified if we start saying that there's parts of the bible that aren't real all of a sudden we're going to say that's not real either he was just a good teacher oh my word if he was just a good teacher we might as well all become muslims because that's what they teach no he is the son of god and he is god and he sits at the right hand of god the father 
And He will come one day to judge the quick and the dead. And He is the only way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by Me, says Jesus. Not only are they ignoring the Word of God, but here's worse. They're wanting their ears tickled. Wanting our ears tickled. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says, My word, I watched people getting convicted by the Holy Spirit. Instead of running to the altar, they ran away from God. One person actually went out and took a long walk and came back acting like they had been in church the whole time. They were so under conviction of the Holy Spirit. Instead of running to the altar, my word, there's freedom in the altar. There's, you can be set free in the altar instead of going to the altar. You don't have to believe everything I say. Believe what God has to say and get to the altar. Start using the altar again. Now before we get to our tickling ears, you know why I can tell you that the church is illiterate today? Because giving in the church has gone way down even in these prosperous times. If you don't believe me, just ask our finance board. How do I know that um, the church is illiterate because, or because they're not reading their Bible? Because most Christians today go to church one Sunday out of the month. And so you would need to make announcement four weeks prior and make that announcement four weeks in a row because they don't believe what God says. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together so i just i just thank god for all of you that believe it's important to assemble together as the church as the body of christ so that we can be used and moved and built up so that when we go out in that world he can use us because we're willing and i thank god we have willing people here and i know that you're willing um, to do that so let's read 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. He, that's happening today too. And he's talking about Christians here. Let me tell you something. There's another denomination. A great denomination. A friend of mine pastors in that denomination. They're arguing right now that there's some in that denomination that's ready to... Get, it might cause them to split because there's some who are denying the rapture of the church. They just think that's a spiritual thing. Then it must have happened already. Well, I haven't seen anybody disappear. <laughs> it says here they will not endure sound doctrine. You know what sound doctrine is? What the Bible teaches. According to their own desires, they interpret the Bible by the culture and what they think. And they don't care what God has to say. I've read some of these statements when they've debated these things in their assemblies. I'm not talking about the assembly of God. I'm not them. I'm saying there's, this is when the, all the church leaders get together from particular denominations. And they'll even say, but that doesn't matter. Don't care what God has to say. It's the culture we live in today. You know, every church, every church that has walked away from this are seeing their membership declining anyway. They thought, well, this will change things around. People will come to our churches. No, they're declining anyway because the people who want the truth are leaving left and right. It's one of the things I believe our church needs to be ready for. We need to be getting the message out. We stand for the truth of the Word of God. Come on over here. Yeah, we're Pentecostal. We might, be, we might speak in tongues and get a little excited, but we're, we're going to stand on the Word of God. Come on over here. You're not going to hear fables. You're not going to hear fairy tales. <laughs> Thought just came in my mind, fractured fairy tales. 
So they chase after false teachers and preachers who will just tickle their ears, that will just soothe their souls. They'll tell them a joke or two. Tell them how great they are. Pat them on the head. And then we wonder why when people hear the truth, they have a hard time understanding that you need to run to the altar. We just sung that song today. <laughs> I wouldn't have had the microphone in my hand if Corey didn't need me today because that's one I usually need to rehearse that with them. And Lord, help me with it. Because there's so many minor chords in that song. Oh my word. It's, you think in your mind you're supposed to be going up and just when you think you're going to go up, it goes boom. And I got to tell you something. Timey was able to lead. All of a sudden, when she needed to lead, her voice was doing it. Hearers of this type have rejected the truth and prefer to hear the lie. And that's why we're seeing the falling away today. Here's how dangerous it is. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, they're listening to doctrines of demons. Now these teachers have been fooled by doctrines of demons. See, when you, when you turn away from this, something's going to replace it. Listen what 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says. Now the Spirit expressively says that in later times, Later times, the times we're, I believe we're living in, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. You know what that conscience seared with a hot iron? They know better, but they believe it anyway. And, these, and this is really starting with those who are preaching this. They know better, but they're giving into it anyway. So their con own conscience is saying, this is wrong. Because God has written his laws on every one of our hearts. They allow their conscience to be seared with a heart iron. And then they, they come to believe the lie instead of grasping the truth of the word of God. Look what it says there. Some will depart from the faith. This is so sad. And again, let's just answer the question, why is this happening? They give heed to, or they are listening to. It, it's because they're giving heed to who they're listening to. It's because so many don't read or study their Bibles, they think they're getting the truth from the pulpit. So they go after preachers who will tickle their ears instead of telling them the truth from God's Word. And I'll tell you what, if, if they were giving the truth from God's Word, this country would have such a revival. Because people would be seeking after the things of God. And boy, what a move of God would have in this country. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, they entice believers away from the faith, causing them to believe doctrines inspired by demon spirits. And the sad part is that these deceivers are not acting under delusion but deliberately and against conscience. Brother Tim, they'd rather have a packed out house with all that money coming in than to tell them the truth of the gospel and be afraid that some people would leave and take their money with them. That is exactly what's happening today and it's so sad. And I, I don't want to judge them. That's not my place. That's Jesus' job. We just need to pray for them that they would come to the truth and God would get a hold of them like the, he did a Martin Luther Martin Luther was, was deceived. He was delusional. He thought that he could get to heaven by beating himself with whips and crawling on glass. And then one day, his mentor told him, why don't you go read the Bible? And he came across that awesome scripture in Rome, Romans, the just shall live by faith. And he came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. And he left his delusions and he grasped hold of the truth of the Word of God. And did you know that Martin Luther's known as the second, as the third Moses, really, 
Most people say the second Moses, but he's really the third. Ezra was the second. And that under Martin Luther, more people were set free. And you had to go back to the times of Paul to see his equal. They were set free from bondage. Most people, that's why he's so much a big hero and people overlook his, his, his sins. It's because of how many people were set free because they learned about the grace of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Real slavery is slavery to sin. Of course, we know we have more slavery in this world right now and the church would stand up and be the church, we probably could end the slavery that's happening in this world. And I'm sorry to tell you, we have slavery in our own country still. Folks, there's a reason why New York City has sanctuary laws. Because those children who are caught up in human trafficking there's a fast highway that goes from the Mexican border right to New York City and they're mad at the president because he's trying to stop it. It breaks Ivanka's heart. And let me tell you something else. It breaks our God's heart that those little children are being used that way. And it breaks his heart that anybody should be used that way. There's a European country that all the orphans, when they get to 16 years old, they're kicked out of the orphanages, the government-run orphanages. You're, you're out of here. And then those kids are taken to China and to the Middle East and used in human sex trafficking. And within six months, they're dead. Should not be going on. That's not God, what God wants. And we, we waste time trying to say, oh, everything is going to be just fine. No, we need to get back to the altars. We need to get on fire for Jesus Christ again. We need to preach the gospel strong again. We need to rise up as the body of Christ because if, the, if Christians would rise up, the politicians will do something about this horrible, horrible sin. Don't be sucked in or fooled by the culture, folks. Paul says in Galatians 5, 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Oh, my friends, stand fast in your faith. Hold to what the Bible teaches. We were made free. And this refers to the fact that we have freedom. That's what that liberty talks about. We have the freedom to live a holy life by faith in Christ and the cross. To abandon the cross and go under law of any kind guarantees bondage once again to the sin nature. Do you get that? By, by walking away and not believing this whole Bible is true and coming to some, oh, this is true and that's not true. All of a sudden, you're coming under bondage because you're coming under law because all of a sudden, law is determining what's true and what's not. The Spirit of God has set us free. And those who are free are free indeed. And we need to accept this whole Bible. Don't come under bondage again, Paul says. Don't be... Stand fast in the liberty which Christ has set us free. And then he says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 15 and 17, Therefore, brethren, that's you and me. He's talking to us, brothers and sisters in Christ. Stand fast and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. You know what? I think that's why some, where God is raising up so many women preachers in the evangelical churches, because the women haven't been afraid to teach all of this. You might have thought that Catherine Coleman was scary. 
but she wasn't afraid to stand on this word of God. I know that's a hundred years ago, but my word. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, I'm bringing the plane in now. May, now may the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and by the way, the reason why I know we're in the last days, He says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. You know what the pro that word prophesy means? Preach the gospel. Come on. It's what it says. I got to accept what it says. And may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. Praise God. Comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. My friends, we are living in the last days. We are living in the midst of the birth pains that come before the great tribulation. Be ready for the rapture of the church. Make sure you have oil in your lamp. The way you do that is by reading and studying the Word of God. More than that, be filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. And, and, and worship Him. And live for Him. Stop letting the world get in the way of your service to the Master. Stop letting the world get in the way of your attending of church. Stop letting your, the world get in your way of getting together with fellow believers and praying. Stop letting things get in the way of your service to the King. Start saying, I want all the oil I can get in my lamp because boy, oh boy, you might be coming in the middle of the night and I want to have enough lamp oil in my lamp that when the rapture happens, I get to go swooping through the air with everybody else so I don't have to go through all those horrible things. Come on. And by the way, if our brothers and sisters are true that believe in <laughs> post-tribulation, the Bible says that His wrath is not going to be poured out on the church. Just remember that. His wrath is being poured out on the sinners, not upon His children. Remember that. So even if we would have to go through the whole tribulation before the rapture would happen, He's not pouring out His wrath on you and me. He's pouring it out on them who don't believe. Trying to wake them up. Lord, let it happen before it all starts. Oh, that's what I'm hoping for. Lord, just let that rapture happen and then you can start to all the tribulation you want on this world. Just get it, you know. <laughs> let's, go, let's get into heaven. Let, let's have that feast that you promised us. Let's get going, Lord. Let, rapture us right now. It'd be great right now, Lord, because we don't... Uh, this world is just a mess. Take us to be with you. Are you ready if the rapture should happen today? Are you ready if the rapture should happen today? Hmm. The first step to make sure you're ready is you must be born again. If you're born again, blood bought, you're ready for the rapture. Come on. Come on. Oh my word. You, you know the reason why I talked about have, making sure you have oil in your lamp? Because Jesus talked about making sure we have oil in our lamp and being wise. But you know why I'm talking about having oil in the lamp? Because I want us all to go. You know why I'm talking about that? It's because we need to be ready. And the only way to be ready is that you've got to have Jesus in your heart. You must be born again. And let me tell you what, if you have Jesus in your heart, that means you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart. If you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart, guess what? He's described as oil. He's the balm of Gilead. He, he wants to be poured out all over you. Oh, that does not mean you need to become perfect and so holy. No, it means you need just to be saved and living for Jesus and doing your best for the Master and being obedient to this Word and not ignoring what He says we should have. You know why we go to church? To get more oil. Why we go to good church? So that we can be built up in our holy faith. That even means that if the Holy Spirit makes us feel uncomfortable, we have to run to the altars. 
and get on our knees and let the tears flow. He's filling us. He's doing something. I had to say something to one of our one of our folks this week. I said, do you think maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to stretch you to have more faith just to trust Him? Well, yeah. Sometimes that altar's right there in your living room. Sometimes that altar's right there in your car. But the first step you must be to make sure you're ready for the rapture is be born again. That means you've asked Jesus into your heart. You've accepted what He did for you on the cross. That You've asked Him to wash all your sins away by His blood. If you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, don't put it off any longer. Listen, get saved today. You don't have to belong to a particular church to be saved. You don't have to accept certain traditions to be saved. All you need to do is be saved. Ask Jesus into your heart and He'll take care of all the rest of it. Come on. <laughs> Some people think they're saved because of their tradition or they got saved because they were water baptized as a baby or even immersed as a, a, when they were older. No, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, your water baptism doesn't do you any good. But if you've asked Jesus in your heart, well then, my word, it's the, His blood that washes your sins away, not the water in the baptismal. It's His blood that washes your sins away. And then, my word, your baptism becomes real. Your water baptism becomes real when you've accepted Jesus into your heart. Because now you really are a follower. And your name, what happens is when you ask Jesus in your heart, He says what it means to be born again is you have to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And He doesn't, doesn't write it in pencil so He can just erase your name. <laughs> he writes it in with His blood. It's indelible. It's not invisible. He writes your name there. And when your name gets written in that book, the other book that he has that talks about all your sins, all of a sudden, the angel looks down and every one of them has been blotted out. Nobody can read them. In fact, the Father says, I take all of your sins and I put them in my sea of my forgetfulness. Oh, thank God. Isn't that right, Tammy? Can you imagine? We'd be a mess if he remembered all of our sins, wouldn't we? You and I, oh my word, I am so grateful. He's not like an elephant. And it says he doesn't remember them no more. When the devil comes to accuse you, Hal, before the throne, hey, God, your servant Hal, have you noticed him this week? He looks at Jesus. Is his name in the book of life? Yep. What about him? I've come to accuse him. Sorry, I've already forgiven him. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Satan. Shut up and go away. Isn't that awesome? Satan is the accuser of the brethren, you and me. But God doesn't listen to him. He sees you as his own. And he loves you so much. Remember that. No matter what you're going through today, God loves you. And if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, do that today. Be set free. And if you've already asked Jesus in your heart, stop beating yourself up. Just start thanking Him. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me. And thank you, Lord. You saved me even from this thing I'm beating myself up with. You know what I'm talking about. You know what you're beating yourself up with. Lord, you already you took care of that for me. Thank you, Jesus. I am not that thing I'm beating myself up with. Oh, hallelujah. Know that he'll get you through it by his grace. I told that to my mother when she had to go into the memory loss unit. We said, we're going to get through this with the grace of Jesus. We'll get through it with the grace of Jesus. She even had a little moment there where she was just angry. And then the grace of Jesus came over. And then she took a lap around the facility there and was singing to everybody and just happy as can be because the grace of Jesus took over. And we are so grateful for that. In fact, 
Her testimony about my mom is, we don't know what she's talking about half the time, but boy, does she make us laugh as she fills our hearts with joy and she's always singing to us and makes us feel better. Now, that's a pretty good testimony to have because we determined, even though she was going to have to go through this with the dementia, we were going to do it with the grace of Jesus and we do it with joy in our heart and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I hope that our folks here have been encouraged today. Lord, help them to know that they can cling to the Word of God and know that every word that's in this book is true. Thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us. And Lord, we just finished having Valentine's Day and people got cards from or even those little candies with little sayings on them. But Lord, you gave us the most wonderful love letter, your Bible. Because you reached out to us so that we can know you. Lord, help us to say, yes, Lord. Your word is written by you. It is inspired by you. And every word of it is true. Lord, we will live by it. We will cling to it. And we will love you because, Lord, you saved us. Lord, some of the folks today have been beaten, beaten down by others or just been beaten down by their own thinking. Lord, set them free from it. Lord, you already took care of it at the cross. You already said it is finished. Lord, right now. Right now, let them accept that they've been set free, that you've dealt with it and Lord that they can start thanking you Lord that you are setting them free from it even if it takes another week or another month but they are getting set free from it and they can thank you each day thank you Jesus you're getting me out of this depression thank you Jesus thank you Lord that what those people are saying about me is not true because I'm blood bought I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus I used to be that thing but I'm no longer because I've been made new in you oh thank Help us to start thanking you more. Help us to start. And Lord, so, Lord, build up your people, Lord. Let them see that they are precious in your sight. And let, Lord, help us to be just available to be used by you in Jesus' name. And then, Lord, I pray for those who have not accepted you as Savior yet, Lord. Lord, save them. Lord, if somebody is listening to my voice and Lord, they haven't accepted you as Savior, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, move upon their hearts that they would surrender to you today. If you're listening to my voice, all you have to do is say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. I give them to you, Lord. And I'm sorry, Lord, that I've lived in sin and I've been controlled by sin forgive me Lord and thank you Jesus you're washing my heart clean right now because I'm asking you into my heart Lord Jesus save me and I believe you not only died for me but you rose again you rose again to show me that one day I will have a a newness of life to walk in. Not just here on earth because I'm saved, but because you're going to take me home to glory. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. If you prayed that prayer today, and you've sincerely prayed it, and you've asked Jesus into your heart, start praising him for it. Start thanking him for saving you. Start thanking him that you now belong to him. Thank you, Jesus. That's your first step to be making sure you're ready for the rapture. We thank you in Jesus' name. And then for those who've asked Jesus into their heart, I want you to do another thing. I want you to tell somebody. You've got to at least tell two people. You've got to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you today. Just tell them. I prayed this simple prayer. I asked Jesus in my heart today. He saved me. And the devil's going to try to say, ah, you didn't do nothing. No, by testifying, you are telling the devil he's wrong. By telling somebody, I asked Jesus into my heart. You're, you're telling the devil he's wrong. And then the next thing I want you to do, I want you to get yourself a Bible and read the book of John.
It's right there in the New Testament. It's the fourth book in. And, and all you have to do is look in the index. It'll tell you. Read the book of John. It's going to tell you everything you need to know about Jesus. And then some. And then do me a favor. Go to whoppininnewlife.org and send, just send us a quick email. And say, so I asked Jesus into my life. And I want to be able to send you a wonderful DVD about the life of Christ. We're not going to ask you for money. We just want to send that to you so you have that, so you can watch um, Jesus' life and why we call him Savior. It's really easy. Just go to wapatinnewlife.org and just click on the thing where it says um, contact us. And you'll be able to email us, and we will respond in kind. We love you. But more than that, God loves you. Can we say amen? Okay, you can turn it off.